Sports reforms need a little less talk and a lot more action, says International Center for Sports Security Group CEO Michael Hirschman. I'm Around the Rings reporter Kevin Nutley with the latest edition of ATR Radio. As CEO of the Think Tank advising sports organizations on security and governance, Hirschman says it's time that sport joins the 21st century and embraces independent oversight. Hirschman joins ATR Radio to discuss the need for true reform in the Olympic movement and the challenges sport will face in the new year. 2016 was a year headlined by scandal. How does sport bounce back in 2017? Uh, you're right. It was a year headlined by scandals. Uh, Max fixing, administrative corruption, um, uh, uh, ticket sale fraud, uh, child abuse. On and on and on. Um, not quite sure it could get any worse, but the question is, how can it get better? Uh, you know, I think sports organizations have got to join the 21st century. Multinational corporations uh, in the more traditional uh, sectors uh, long ago realized that if they're going to restore confidence, have credibility, they need to come together in collective actions uh, and push one another uh, to have best practices. First, agree on best practices and then kind of uh, um, set the standards and make sure that they all are equal for each corporation. I'm talking about organizations like the Partnership Against Corruption Initiative, which is sponsored by the World Economic Forum, the United Nations Global Compact, uh, the Extractive Industry Transparency Initiative, all of these are collective action programs that are entered into voluntarily by multinational corporations. The difference I'm seeing is that the sports industry still wants to go it alone. They still want to let everyone believe that they can self-regulate and that their autonomy is beyond question. And that's not going to work anymore. Mm -hmm. It's simply not going to work. We need to have in sports value-based leadership that's not afraid to sit down at the table with others in the industry and come to mutual understandings about how governance and compliance should work. And that's why we formed at ICSS, the uh, Sports Integrity Global Initiative which has over 75 members, including sponsors, including sports organizations, including uh, media outlets. But to date, the largest sports, the most influential sports organizations, and yes, I'm talking about the IOCs and the IAAFs and the, and the FIFAs, have decided that they can convince the, their constituency that their words will turn into actions. And, and I'm just afraid we're, we're beyond that. Uh, you can't say one day, um, we're committed to reform. We're going to set up an independent internal integrity unit. And the next day say, we're not global policemen. Right. It's a little contradictory there, isn't it? You, you, you uh, hit the nail on the head. It's more than a little contradictory. <laughs> Yeah, so you mentioned some of these, you know, big organizations like the IOC, FIFA, IWF, and boxing has had its fair share of issues. You know, what what more needs to be done to ensure transparency across the Olympic movement besides having independent watchdogs? Well, first and foremost, you're not going to have uh, 
transparency or accountability that's up to best practices unless you have value-based leadership, unless you really have leadership that's committed to cultural change throughout the organization. Writing new policies, forming new internal integrity units, just not enough. It's simply not mm. enough. You have to have a board. You have to have leadership that really gets it, understands and committed to a positive program for reform. And they have to be willing to have outside oversight to ensure that the words are really turned into the actions, that the reforms actually are implemented within the organization. Mm -hmm. And and do you think the Olympic movement has lots of these value-based leadership roles right now, or are they kind of sparse? No, I'm still seeing words. I'm still seeing words without realization that autonomy, self-regulation in the 21st century is not going to lead you to restore your credibility. They have to be willing to hold their hands out, join others. They have to be willing to serve as models for others. And so until I see real reform, real action, and real cultural change, I'm going to be skeptical. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and switching gears a little bit to the, the Russian doping scandal, you know, that took another turn for the worse with the release of the second McLaren report recently. What does Russia need to do in the eyes of the ICSS to earn back the trust of the sporting community? Well, Russia has got a long way to go, but uh, they really have got to commit themselves to greater transparency and accountability. Mm -hmm. And again, it can't be all from within. They've got to open their door so that independent oversight through inspection, if we're talking about simply the drug issue, will assure others that they're making meaningful reforms. Um, they may be committed. Look, I don't care whether it's Russia or IOC, people, whoever it might be, IAAF, they may indeed be committed to reform. And I applaud that. I don't, I, I don't want to diminish the importance of the steps that they are taking, but they have to recognize that those steps without some sort of independent affirmation not going to restore their reputation of credibility. People have lost trust in these institutions. Mm -hmm. By the way, not just sports institutions, uh, but other institutions as well. Again, the multinationals have learned their lesson, uh, the traditionals, whether they're in the technology business or construction and engineering or um, uh, uh, telecommunications. They understand that words are not enough, that they've got to come together with others uh, they have to allow for others to push them towards reform, and they have to be more transparent and accountable. And, and what role can the, the ICSS play in helping ensure these you know, organizations across the movement stay accountable? Well, it's actually not the ICSS role. Mm -hmm. It's the Sports Integrity Global Alliance role. So the Sports Integrity Global Alliance, which was created by ICSS, which has been funded by ICSS, is now being spun off into an independent, nonpartisan organization with its own corporate structure, with its own membership, self-funded by the members, members 
organization, the Commonwealth Games, members including uh, Dow Jones, members including sponsors, MasterCard, they have already agreed to a standard set of principles for sports organizations. They've already come to that agreement. Now it's a question of bringing others to the table and set up a means for ensuring that the principles are adhered to, that the principles are implemented. Okay. And looking ahead to the next few Olympics, you know, what what types of security issues are organizers of Pyeongchang 2018 and Tokyo 2020 facing? Well, the biggest threats, and of course it's, it's the threats seem to be changing on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord knows what we might be confronting in in um, in 2020 uh, or beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I suspect that, that certain threats will remain uh, relevant. Uh, one, of course, is the growing threat from, a threat from cyber uh, security, cyber crime. Uh, this is an evolving threat, one that we've all been reading about and, um, and mm-hmm. fearing. Uh, the second threat that, that is quite bothersome and is, frankly, uh, just been uh, highlighted by the tragedy in Berlin mm-hmm. is how to protect soft targets. Uh, you can security concentric rings around facilities, stadiums, a- athletic housing. Uh, but you know, where you have large numbers of people gathering in parks and in squares, um, it's very, very difficult to uh, assure complete protection. So we see the terrorists turning more of their attention towards soft targeting. It doesn't take a lot of money. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of experience. It certainly doesn't take a lot of technology. It, uh, it takes a, a key and four wheels. Um, and this is something that all large events, sporting or otherwise, is going to have to deal with. And you mentioned how hard it is to you know, plan for security issues, you know, well into the future. Looking ahead to 2024, you know, how difficult it, difficult is it to plan for that security landscape so many years ahead? You really need people who can think out of the box. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me say, and and I'll criticize myself in doing so, because I've been involved in the security industry for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, security professionals are well trained to deal with uh, imminent threats. Mm-hmm. Um, they, however, are not always out of the box thinkers. They're not always futuristic in their planning. So today, we of course know that there's a threat from drones, for example. Uh, however, is it going to be a threat? in 2024 from, let's say, autonomous cars, driverless cars that we're not facing today? And if there is, how are we going to deal with that threat? Mm-hmm. Is the threat from um, biochem weapons going to be more prevalent in 2024? And when I talk about the threat, I'm not talking about uh, the use of these sorts of weapons, but the me- method in which these weapons uh, are set off. 
um, there's going to be a leap in, in technology uh, uh, that's both good and bad uh, in the next uh, six to eight years. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing the Olympic movement in 2017? Well, clearly, um, the doping issue is an enormous challenge, mm-hmm. one that is not going to be easy to solve without modernization of the uh, doping uh, or protocols. Um, I have noticed, and I think everyone would agree, that where there's been problems, these problems often occur in the laboratories. So tests are taken. Often those tests are are provided to a laboratory. And then there's some manipulation. Um, We've got to find a way to help better secure that supplier relationship, if you will, Mm -hmm. between the people who actually uh, take the sample and the people who do the testing. But that does require, again, a little bit of -of out-of-the-box thinking. Um, Other challenges facing the Olympics are ones that we deal with uh, on a day-to-day basis, and that is the balance between sports and human rights, uh, sports and human trafficking, uh, sports and child protection. Uh, These are issues that the uh, organizing committees in the host countries and the um, IOCs and, and the FIFAs of the world in the case of the World Cup need to be more transparent and accountable for. Um, I realize that, in, you know, there's big money involved here. And I realize a lot of money goes into proposal writing for um, for bids for the hosting rights. Um, and that those bids have, have always concentrated mostly on issues related to infrastructure, issues related to security. Um, it's got to be more than that. Because every time you have an Olympic game and the focus turns to issues related to human rights or child abuse or what doping or whatever it might be, it takes away from the image of the games. It takes away from the focus on these young athletes who have worked so hard to get where they are. So confronting those issues up front and having common messages and common approaches to deal with these issues will help. Mm-hmm. And do you expect sweet, sweeping changes to start taking hold in 2017, or will these governance changes really take a few years to flesh themselves out? I don't see much in the way of, um, of changes for 2017. I do think it's going to take time, uh, but that time is necessary for the culture change that I spoke about earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone is capable today, every sports organization is capable today of drawing up a beautiful set of compliance rules and regulations, a standard for governance. You can go online and simply copy best practices. That's not the issue here. Mm -hmm. The issue is actually bringing them to bring those those rules and regulations to reality and that includes oversight it includes how it's enforced 
and how it's communicated. You know, if if you know, we we let's go back to the current case on on ticket fraud emanating out of Spain. If top level officials don't walk the talk, I mean by that they don't follow their own rules. Mm-hmm. Then what message is it sending to those below them? I mean, FIFA thought it was above the law, mm-hmm. but it found out the hard way that the law has a very long reach. All right, Michael, thank you very much for your responses. Anything else you'd like to add? I would just like to um, wish all of your listeners, you and your family, a very safe and peaceful holiday season. Thank you very much, and the same to you and everyone at the ICSS. That was ICSS Group CEO Michael Hirschman on the governance issues facing the Olympic movement and what it will take to recover from the rash of scandals that plagued the sports industry in 2016. Thank you for joining us on this edition of ATR Radio. I'm Kevin Nutley. Have a good one.